The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? I would suggest Hollywood, but we're shut down right now because holy shit, uh, the pandemic has gotten terrible. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, who's going to have some more Militant Moderate coming out pretty quick yeah. today, Paul. Well, at some point, <laughs> we recorded an episode. It will, it will, it will be out. And uh, yeah, yeah. Who knew that uh, that. Uh, protesting and a little bit of rioting and looting and stuff, but actually didn't cure COVID. I'll figure. I swear to God, if people don't start wearing masks, I'm just going to go outside. We need that stuff from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the stuff he did for shoes that never came off, and just squirt that over people's faces. I'm going to start walking around with, like, just just a can of, um, what what's that? It's called great stuff. You use it to fill cracks. Start spraying oh. that on people's faces. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, I've just had so much of everyone's shit. Uh, Granted, we did get a bunch of shit online for getting political, so we will totally not do that. We will talk about Derek Jeter's herpes tree, because you guys enjoyed that last time, and how koalas can give you chlamydia, much like Derek Jeter. So we'll we'll, we'll, stay in our lane a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, Not much, because, you know, that's not going to happen, but a little bit more. (laughs) I don't know what I can bring to a koala and chlamydia. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't bring chlamydia either, Paul, but you know, we've got, to, we've got to take one for the team. <laughs> that a thing? Chlamydia? Koalas, koalas have chlamydia. Like legit okay. koalas have chlamydia and people can catch them from koalas. Doesn't even require sex. I'd also like to know who the hell was having sex with koalas to give them chlamydia. I sure not. I think it goes in the same category as that law that you cannot have sex with your transportation. Um, that or you cannot get a fish drunk for the purpose of having sex with it, you know, at some point in time, some dumbass did it. That's why it's a law. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, and I hope nobody in my, my, uh, my family tree did something like that, but oh my god, seriously, there is actually a law that says you cannot get a fish drunk for the purpose of having sex with it. So, are you just pouring stuff into his tank? I don't want to know how they got the fish drunk. No, no, no. I, I wonder how they got the fish drunk. It seems like an act of animal cruelty. I mean, and I, I know I've known my fair share about animal cruelty. My cat bit the shit out of me because I put a Yoda hat on him. I deserved mm-hmm. it. I'll say that. Um, I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear... Because we care. We do it for society, folks. Especially in a pandemic, everyone uh, needs that. And for the people that were asking whether the gym free MMA was open, no, it is not. What they're doing is live streaming all classes uh, Wednesday through Sunday. um, And you can watch them live online on Facebook at, I think it's free MMA gyms. At free MMA gyms. Um, So if you are looking at doing that and working out, do that. And then, holy God, this pandemic's just getting worse. It's almost like not wearing masks, not following rules, not social distancing has made everything worse. You see the rest of the world going back to a sense of normalcy. And here's America. And I love America. This is the country I chose. Like, I picked this country. Y'all were born here. So you kind of stuck with it. I picked it. And I'm having that moment where I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's 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 not good. I I, I I yeah, I wish things were a little bit better. So, well, I love so. I like I love America for the whole. It's freedom. We'll do what we want. But there's a point where it, a good analogy. See, in Australia, you go on these boat rides, and it says, "Do not lean over side of boat." And Australians, people from Asia, 
a big mix of people will look at that sign and say, okay, you don't lean over the side of the boat. Now, we've had some accidents, and it's always been Americans, and it's always for the same reason. The big sign says, don't lean over side of boat. The American grabs the railing, leans over, and asks why. Then the cro- crocodile jumps up, snaps their head, pulls him into the water, and you have the American's wife screaming, go get my husband. And you have the tour, the tour guide going, fuck you. You go get him. I'm not getting that water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. True story. <laughs> True story. <sighs> but what makes Americans so great, I think, makes you guys bad at pandemics. Uh, yeah, we're an unruly bunch. Yes. Like, you're, you're an unruly bunch. Like, that and the Confederate statues are two things I'll never understand in America. The Confederate... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm born a Yankee, so this is one of those, so as far as those statues go, I refer to it as kind of a not... It's really not my backyard. Oh, well, it's not, it's not that. You telling people a thousand miles away what they can do with their... It, it's, got no, it's, got, it's got nothing to do with any of that to me. It's mm. like... And this is, again, this is a foreigner's perspective. But you're putting up statues of people that attacked the United States and killed right. and tried to break. Like, you're not going to put up a statue of Osama bin Laden in New York. There's no, no. damn difference. No. And that's, again, that's foreigner's right. perspective. Like, there's no difference. You're talking about people that attacked and tried to kill the country. Plus, it was actually funded in the 1890s um, by the wives of the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. And that's not even why I'm opposed to it. Like... Not that I'm cool with the Klan, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I never understood, like, okay, so these people attacked America, tried to secede, started a massive war, Uh and you're like, let's put up statues. I say if you're going to do it, at least put up Bin Laden. If you're going to keep the Confederate generals, you owe it to Bin Laden because he killed less people. Here's the thing. When you're when you're you're, – I do remember somebody from Florida explaining this to me. It's like, yeah, we got our asses kicked. Because we wanted to keep people enslaved. So, this is how we deal with it. So, it's, we, we call it Southern Pride, and, and we were pride for states' rights, the state right to continue to keep people in, enslaved. I got I, I'm going to jump back to this. I'm not, I guess, I, again, and it's a foreigner, I don't get it. Like, right. the, the people, everyone living now, you're the ones that won the war. I mean, the Southerners now, they're the people that won the war. Like, y'all survived. It was terrible. It was a massive, you know, massive. And I'm going to get in trouble by saying it's not even about slavery to me. It's just kind of like, okay, so a terrorist organization seceded and said that they are their own country now and then attacked America at Fort Sumter. So you're going to put up statues. I maintain if you're going to have Jefferson Davis, you have to have Osama bin Laden. Just make it fair. Yes, I know I'm going to get hate mail, Paul, but if you ask any foreigner, it's how it sounds to us. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the people in New York, they're not putting that up. It ain't happening. <laughs> of course not. But that's my point. Like, And if someone can explain this to me online, please don't hold it against Paul. Please explain it to me. <laughs> they were part of the side that won the Civil War. So, you know, that's the thing. Well, that's, um, I, I grew up in Detroit. I, I my side won, won the war too, and we were yeah, on the, the war of not being for slavery. So it's like, oh, okay, I, so, Hank, the people that are alive in the South today won the war too. They got to be part of the United States of America. They could have been born uh, in the Republic of Congo. Like they could have been born in the Congo. There are places that have it rough. Uh, so sure. they're born under one country, but they're still saluting terrorists. Like, there's, it's just a point in my mind where I'm like, I, it doesn't compute. And again, it could be because I'm foreign. But I can tell you, there's no, you know, I don't agree. They're trying to rip down um, statues of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington because they were Virginian uh, slaveholders. I have a problem with that. Those are American presidents. But I don't get the Confederates. Hmm? Yeah, there was a Civil War monument that was, uh, it was attacked. I think it was damaged by uh, riders. Uh, that you know, I'm sorry. If you damage something, that's what you become. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I when they attacked that one, it was a one particular monument in Boston that was uh, given to the uh, uh, 
It was a Massachusetts 54th. And I don't expect everybody to know this, but uh, if you saw the movie that was made about this particular regiment, it was called Glory. Oh, that is a fantastic film. Everyone see that. Right, right. So, and it's for Robert Gould Shaw. Matthew Broderick played him. This was the uh, all-volunteer regiment strictly of uh, black people and freed slaves and people who were born and those who were born in the North. It was an all-volunteer army dedicated towards an mm -hmm. first all-black platoon that was fighting to help their brothers in the South. And that was damaged. Never, ever, ever under stupidity of large crowds. Morgan Freeman was excellent in that movie, and that is a horrible thing. And don't want an Oscar. So there you go. It's an amazing movie. You guys watch it. Tell me your favorite part of Glory, and we will give you an, a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a float at True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas. Um, we do have some other giveaways today. I'll have Paul pick the questions after the next break. Um, to the guy that was just writing in on uh, Twitter, where did I get my information on the, on the Civil War stuff? Um, I have a friend of mine from Ripley, Mississippi. A uh, friend of Paul knows her. She's a lovely woman. And I asked her the same question about why you guys put up monuments to terrorists. And she looked at me and she said, because we, and I quote, because we're undereducated and stupid. I was like, Kitty, that, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> she's my friend Kitty, I'll put up a Facebook, yell at her, not me. Um, and she's like, because we're undereducated uh, and stupid. And I said, excuse me? And she said, I was a huge fan of these Confederate monuments until I moved to Washington State and went to school. She said, and it was the first time I thought, holy shit, we have monuments to people that attack the United States. She said it was the only time she'd ever thought of it. Yeah, yeah. She's like, and, and so this is from a Southern woman whose family was part of the Confederacy right. and, the other, and the other half's in the Klan. She's a very open-minded woman. I love it. You can ask Paul. She's cool. <laughs> like, uh, she, legit has, <laughs> she legit has uh, part of her family in the Klan. And everyone was, you know, fought for the Confederacy. And her grandmother, when I first met her, when I went to her farm, uh, said, this, was showing me around the farm and pointed to some old huts. And she's like, this is where people used to stay at our, you know, and help out in exchange for room and board. Kitty looks at me, she's like, slave quarters. Those are slave quarters. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and Kitty looks at her grandma and she's like, you can put lipstick on a pig, grandma, but it's still a pig. <laughs> like, yeah. it's still, still what it is. Yeah. I think we're um, alienating like almost a good chunk of our audience. Half, half the South. I, I got to say, but if you guys can explain it to me, like I said, Kitty, um, Kitty's a little different. She's a Southern libertarian and going to kill me <laughs> for talking about this. But I will say, if you can explain yeah, it to me. She still lives in the South, right? Yeah, she lives in the South, so I may have just got her lynched. But um, she's she's cool people, and she couldn't explain it to me, and she didn't get it once she moved out of the South. So if y'all can explain it to me, I would appreciate that. Please don't yell at me. Remember, I'm foreign. Blame Paul. Let's go with that. It's Paul's, <laughs> Paul's like, fuck you. But yeah, if you can explain it to us, I'd appreciate it. Um, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be chatting a little bit about Hollywood and maybe Jared Jeter instead of uh, <clears throat> slave quarters on my friend's farm. I'm Summer Helene Weir with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate. And for those of you that keep asking when the next Militant Moderate's coming out, uh, we will put up a link. Paul is making them now. And we'll it's, be right back. Hmm? In my producer's hand. Sorry. It's in his producer's hands. Blame his producer. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. 
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're with my co-host, host and knowledge moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and to the guy, Big Bad Tex, that wrote in on uh, Twitter, uh, I was kidding. I am not going to put my friend's information up online. She uh, went to law school and did not join the entertainment industry. She was smarter than us and would probably kill me for, for doing that. So, no, I'm not actually going to put her social media up. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I was joking. So, welcome back to the show. Um, sorry to the half of the audience that we've now alienated, and you're welcome to call us any name or me any names you wish. Now, we, you guys were interested in the koala chlamydia. Yes, that is legit yeah. thing. Google it. I, no, no, I'm only interested in this in, as the information. Okay. So cool. <laughs> koalas, koalas can give you chlamydia. Um, they, there's a huge thing. Ah. They have chlamydia going through them like crazy. Maybe just donate a koala. That's all I'm saying. You guys eat koalas? Of course we don't eat koalas. It was a joke. I was going to say, those are the cutest things in the world. You when, figure they're going to pass, you know? No, they I'm Australian. Rocky Road ice cream. I'm Australian. We're drunks, not heathens. <laughs> oh, I just said they eat them. So. <laughs> I know. And you eat a koala, you're a damn heathen. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. How do they taste? Alexis is in the background shouting drunks. Your grandma calls that the Irish. I'm like, yes, let's let's talk about that, Lex. Thanks. That can be heard on. I've got cameras going here and there. So now Alexis is talking about my grandmother's racism towards the Irish. Well, we've fucked this show to hell. Um, let's go uh, back to koalas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they, is, if they scratch you or bite you, that's how they transfer it? They're not quite sure. They're not even sure how the koalas got chlamydia. Okay. Uh, I could, but I'm going to take a guess. Think of two different ways where you could definitely say that it doesn't happen. Because if the koalas do something to the person that would be maybe kind of, I don't know, rapey. That, that, every, koalas that would be are not a, rapey. Right. That would be on the evening news. You know, cute little but, thing doing that. Somebody say my size. That's just comedy gold. Now I want to make a movie about koala rapists. Not people raping koalas, but koalas that rape people. Right, 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 right. Yeah, put the power back in their claws. Right. Exactly. Give it to, give it to the little guy. Aren't they high the entire time? Most of the time? They're, pr- they're pretty high. Koalas are interesting creatures. They're marsupials. Yeah. They have a smooth brain. They're actually a very, very old animal. So where we have ridges, they actually have a very, very smooth um, brain. And on top of that... Koala babies, the way they get acclimated to eating gum leaves is they eat the poop of their parent. They oh. legit, uh, when they, when they, they eat the, eat the poop, they're pre-digested. Weirder. I just thought that they're cute little bears, but no, no, no. They're oh, like no. fetishizing and stricken with STDs and like, okay. Yep. Wait, for wait, till, you, wait till you find out a platypus the south has. And koala bears. Mm-hmm. I still think we're going to get some, we're going to get some shit over this. Wait, wait till, wait till you find out platypus have a stinger on the back foot when they oh, stab no, people. I do that. Yeah, they're that horrible I, monsters. You know, these, these, you know, they're, they're furry, but they have a duck bill. They lay eggs, but they're poisonous. There's like they're also marsupial uh, mammals, right? But they lay eggs and they have a bill. Australian animals are much older than a lot of animals in the world. 
Yeah, well, so, I mean, we used to have I massive wombats. Which was, you know, I'm going to make a platypus. You, Darwin. You know, it's like. I think Australia is just where God went. You know, we've come to the smallest continent. I don't have time. Toss what we got left in a bag, shake it up. Then you end up with a wombat that makes poos in cubes. It, it, it poops cubes and has an armor plated bum. And then you have an echidna that has a five pronged penis. So um, our animals are absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I've never even the cute ones. Like ever, my God! I just, okay, a, a square poop. Really? Square poop. Poops cubes. I got bit by one once. They're awful. Well, most Were people don't get bit by them. I shouldn't have been messing with by them. the thing of a cube of poop. No, I, I was trying to pet a uh, pet pet one. And uh-huh. um, you know that thing where you shouldn't approach wild animals or your dad smacks the shit out of you? That's the situation I found myself in. I got bit by a, uh, uh, by a wombat and then my dad smacked the shit out of me. Uh, you know, okay, fair enough. I, I, spent, I spent every summer in a place called the Upper Peninsula uh, in a cabin in the woods where just at any given moment, a bear and her cubs could just come tumbling out of them. Like when I'm making like things that happened when I was like two or three years old, you know, when the last time I think anybody actually picked me up, right out of the house with me. So yeah, I get bears. It. Bears that, are weird animals. Is, the Upper Peninsula is not nearly as well. We do have like I think uh, we have quite a bit of the the most deadly animal, at least in North America, which is the moose. Moose are dicks. I, I gotta say, like, bears are weird animals. I was in Sedona and I found this strange dog going through my trash and I felt bad for it. So I went outside to get it and it stood up and looked at me. I was staring at it for 30 uh, oh. seconds while Kimberly's banging on the door, screaming, Come in, come in, it's a bear. So you'll have what? weird animals. It was, it was a baby. No. We, call, we called animal control. It wasn't like a baby baby. It was like a. it just left its mother and didn't know what it was doing. No, I would say the, the weirdest thing I ever heard said on a set, and I've heard them all, anyone from, you know, uh, the actor won't get out of their, their trailer, The uh, we ran out of film on the last day. Yeah, I know it was a stunt. Uh, but my favorite, aside from we have a midget down, which mm-hmm. is the one that you and I met on, mm-hmm. is, which is, oh, shit, there's a bear. Yeah, middle of the night, night in Santa Barbara wine country, country. I'm putting together a C stand, and and then I hear one of the guys say, "Oh shit, there's a bear!" His flashlight finds a bear, and about I would say a good seven, eight other flashlights also found that bear, and that's when a mutual friend of ours ran screaming towards the bear, going, <laughs> "How that works." hell I'm yeah. talking about <laughs> okay i was just like i don't know what's good I, I, I want to see how this turns out <laughs> apparently it's how the bear took it too which, uh, the bear was just as confused as i was at the what particular person was doing running towards it waving his arms he's not the tallest or biggest guy he kind of looks like a snack anyways but both me and the bear were just like all right so he real realized that this was the wrong approach. Uh, I think he realized it about 15 feet from the bear. When he tells the story, it's at length down to like five feet. And then he just slowly backed up, and then we all started they took Miley, which is bang on the C-stand with something metal, just make a bunch of noise, and it ran away. But uh, side to the note, thankfully that uh, the bears here in California aren't really man-eaters. But on that same production, the one that thankfully you were not, uh, for you, for you, thankfully you were. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember because we just had like one big light. Everything's running out of a generator. I'm up on the top of a hill, hill, and I finally just because every time I walk back to set, and then they tell me, to, "Oh no, no, you got to move that light five inches to the left." Fine. So I was just sitting on top of it, and I heard one of the producers going ape shit on set. And then I heard the bear rustling about 20 feet from me. So I had a choice. Either go down there, the set, and deal and deal with the producer going nut bar or a wild bear. I chose the bear. Yeah, I would chose the bear too. Yeah, I know. At some point, that 
jackass. Yes, I'd love to call him out on the show one of these days, but yeah, he's got lawyers, so yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> but that yeah. being said, yeah, bears on set, not a good thing. Bears on set are bad. See, most of my experiences with wild animals have not been on set. I usually don't try and work with uh, animals or children just because I don't like all the bullshit that goes with it. For anyone that knows, if you work with animals or kids, it makes it more difficult. Um, But I've I've never had a stray bear walk on set. I think the worst we had um, years and years and years ago was we were filming in this old house and it was full of cockroaches. And they they just went with it. It was a horror film. Yeah, which, what else are they going to do? Yep. And it was you know, Owen Lang. It was. They weren't asking for the union. The cockroaches weren't asking for like union minimums or anything. Like exactly. That. No, they were clear. So, and it was with an old director named uh, Owen Land. He was an avant-garde filmmaker from the '60s. They teach on him at some film schools. And um, he was like, he became weirdly obsessive with me for a very short period of time. And one of the guys that worked with him forever said, oh, he does this every so often. And uh, he kept wanting to put me in additional scenes that I wasn't supposed to be in and have me do additional stuff. And I ended up in a house full of cockroaches. And that was the point I was like, well, I appreciate you taking an interest in me. Peace. Because that was also the day that I found out cockroaches can bite the shit out of you. Yeah. They can. Cockroaches can bite you, and the bites get infected. I was well, covered I was... in roach bites. Wow. I they didn't put... know that was a thing. I didn't until I had them bite the shit out of me. All right. Fair enough. I mean, and, and I lived in a state, uh, Florida, where those, they're about like two, three inches long, and they fly once a year. Oh, I don't uh, like But them. that's not a cockroach. That is the lovely palmetto, indigenous palmetto bug. Yeah, wherever you hear that, it's freaking flying cockroaches. So, in yeah, right. in Australia, we have the big wood ones. They're like three inches long. Mm. I absolutely hate them. My cousins tied me up. I had waist, like my hair was past my bum when I was a kid. My cousins tied me to a tree by my hair and then put beetles all over me. I'm fine with spiders. I'm fine with everything. I hate beetles. And my cousin for that. But mostly beetles. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Don't grow Every- up in Australia. People play with bugs. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, because I mean, you kind of have to let them join in because most of them are, are like poisonous, right? Well, you got to let them play if they want to play with you. They're bigger than you, and they'll kick your ass and take your lunch money. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. you just you just got to go with it. You just stay walking school there, <laughs> guys. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be on with just uh, with Justin Yorbara. He's been on the show previously. I'm excited to have him on today. He's a stand-up comedian and an actor. Most recently, he was on Kevin Probably Saves the World. Uh, He's been on Gotham, The Player. You can find him in Californication, uh, Battle Creek, Stand Up Revolution, Chelsea Lately, Live at Gotham. He's he's got a ton of stuff and Ted, too, of course. We're going to be chatting with him when we come back and talking about all things Hollywood. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael mm-hmm. Boland, and we'll probably be talking maybe less about bugs when we come back. We'll yeah, be right back right. after this. Be right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bowen, talking to our very, very special guest, Dustin Yabara. Dustin, I butchered your name last time. How bad did I do this time? That was not bad at all. It's like, <laughs> I can, it's like yes. Mexican, like hardcore Spanish, so I'm not good at it either. It's like Ivada, but you got to roll your tongue and everything and R's, so I, I'm not that great at it. So. I'm you're Australian. Cool. I, can't, I can't roll my R's. I can't even say R. Is it because That's you're right. at the bottom? It's so hard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you, how are you? The way. Oh, we're doing pretty good. Now, it's been a while since we had you on. You've been doing a whole bunch. Um, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I, I did the overview, but it's always more fun to hear it from you. Plus, you're funny. Oh, thank you so much. Well, since last time, pretty much. Um, just, I think uh, since I was on last, I Kevin probably saves the world, which that was so mm-hmm. much fun. I got to work with Jason Ritter and um, a lot of these really awesome people, Joanna Garcia-Swisher and... Uh, it was like a really cool time. It was this ABC show, but we did like 16 episodes and then it got canceled. And then it was like, ah, ah back to shopping at the poor people places, you know? But <laughs> not really. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a bummer, but it's like, all right, whatever. That's cool. Um, but now I guess nothing's happening in Hollywood. What's going on with where you're at? Because like everything's kind of shut down here. I think it just started like yeah. last week or something. Hollywood is completely shut down. We got to go back to work and we started doing prep work. Uh, I started doing prep work for a new, a new television series um, written by Rachel Alexander on Hades and Persephone. And then we got shut the hell down again. So there's garbage all over Netflix and there's going to be continue to be garbage. But it's good news for anyone that has anything that's already made. Because if it was turned down last year, it's gold this year. So if it's pre-made, oh we are God. buying the hell out of everything. <laughs> Yeah, you were, like, so right. Oh, my gosh. If you were to have <laughs> something in the can before all this, mm-hmm. that would be insane. <laughs> like, I, I'm, paying, I'm paying three times as much for things I turned down two years ago. It's I mean, really Saturday, sad. Yeah. Saturday Night Live doing the same joke on everything, which is, like, I can't seem to hear you on my Zoom meeting. That's, like, every one of their sketches now is like that. Mm-hmm. Mm, That's all I can do. Yeah. Although there's a really interesting show done over webcams with, uh, the two guys are in Good Omens. Michael Sheen and David Tennant. Really? That one's actually pretty good. I, I love Good I love good Omens. Love Good right. Omens. Good book. And I, I love David Tennant, so that's easy. <laughs> now, you've been... So for you, you're kind of on lockdown now, and I keep telling everyone that's on lockdown uh, to, to, you know, go on TikTok and then TikTok... But it might die. But what are you doing <laughs> to keep yourself busy? I'm, oh I'm at home. Gosh. My cat just fell down. Kimberly, the cat just landed on his face. Well, I'm at home. We're doing yeah, this at home. <laughs> it's going well. My cat just fell off the windowsill. Now, um, oh, my God. I, what have I been doing to keep busy? Like, I learned how to juggle. That's kind of cool. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> Like I learned how to do that. I tried to start a post-apocalyptic garden in my uh, balcony, and everything's dead now. So I don't know. Hopefully, this yeah. doesn't uh, last too much longer. That's the thing. Well, that and bread. Ma- Everyone's doing gardens and bread making. 
Bread is everywhere. Oh my god. It's insane. I don't know why everyone's doing bread making. Like and ca- bread making, candles and resin art, which I find really <laughs> weird. But some of the stuff is really Oh my really god. Cool. Okay. I've been doing candles, I'm not going to lie. Candles are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, you could it no, came I, with I, uh, a little... thing I can make my own scent. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like little, little hats for children. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, have, I have five now. friends, all of them drop kids during this pandemic. That seems so. to be the other thing. They're saying it's going to cause a divorce boom and a baby boom. Because yeah. what the hell else is there to do? I don't know. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of people get married, too, you know, under this pandemic. Have you noticed that? People have been getting married. Yeah, and I think you're like around this person. You're like, well, maybe this is like forever. So, and I think <laughs> you also the last get a better person I will ever see. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's really is it's really strange. It's it's this whole different way of living, but it's not exactly. I don't know. And the rest of the world seems to be getting over it a bit a bit better. So it's strange. You know, I'm talking to my dad. He's like, oh, I'm going down the pub and meeting my friends. Like, you can go out. He's like, well, yeah. Like, I hate you. <laughs> I know, right? Over here, we're just, like, doing... My my mom lives in Texas, so they, they've done really bad out there. So, it's How like, you, I, don't, I don't know when things are going to open up there. Now, you now you grew up in Texas, so you've got a little bit of red, a little bit of blue going on. What do you think about everything that's going on? Oh, my God. I, I don't even know. I, like, I'll... I mean, it's a lot. Every time you get on Twitter, you're like, uh, what's going on today? Who, like, what kind of horrible thing happened overnight? Um, I just, I don't know. I'm one of those, like, hippie, like, everyone be cool, smoke some weed type of dudes. <laughs> but I am We need more people like that right now. Right? I've got a little redneck in me, too, though. I love a good NASCAR race. You know, I was into that as a kid. So I can, I can dig that, you know. But yeah, it's a, it's a crazy political climate right now. I just try to like, it feels like a fire. I don't want to like get too close and get burned. It's like, ah. No, I hear One of the weirder ones is they're starting up fights again in uh, California for like MMA and UFC and stuff. They're starting to do all of that again. But if you are a fighter and you catch corona, they're treating it like asthma as if a pre-existing condition because it does permanent damage to your lungs. You can never fight or coach again in the league. What? Yep. Oh, that is crazy. It's really weird. I mean, I meanwhile, at Amazon, Jeff Bezos is like, hey, get back out there. You know, I know. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, yeah, That's I'm not, not, I'm not that sure would, that would what he's doing. To, like, catch yeah. a virus and have it end your career. Yeah, there's got to be some I guess kind of insurance it's, it's, for that. It's, it's like catching, I think it's like catching, you know, hepatitis in the porn industry. It just kind of kills it. It's done. That's right. You're done. No mm-hmm. more shoots for you after that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, really, Paul? <laughs> Paul? Paul did some time in porn. So, did, yeah. really, they don't stop you? They, I thought that was the rule. They're supposed they're to stop you. They stop you. You know, and, and, and some people could be on. That's kind of Ooh, big. that's dark. Mm. Well, this took wow. a horrible turn. <laughs> like, I was joking, <laughs> and things have now gone south. Paul just made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah, that seems to be the hurt. state of the world. That works. And yeah, coronavirus turned into herpes. It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> uh, when, in doubt, when in doubt, I just revert back to the Derek Jeter herpes tree. Like everyone that he gave oh. it to and everyone they gave it to, that's just where we've been going because we got yelled at by our audience for getting too political last week. So for you, oh, really? aside yeah. from making... People, people freak out whenever you get political and stuff. They're like, hey, come on, man. Don't do that. <laughs> like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. But we're film people. Isn't that the rule? We're all supposed to be terribly political now. It's like a law or something. Um, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. You know, then you have people like Madonna who are now so out of touch that they just piss off everyone. For you, yeah. what how- <laughs> I mean, she this- said I'm better than you while sitting in a built bath. With oh yeah, the, this is the great equalizer. Everyone will suffer the same. That was brilliant. Um, <laughs> now, for you, how are you staying in touch with your fans? Are you you're, you're pushing your social media? What are you doing? 
Well, I mean, pretty much since like stand up is done right now, unless it's like an outdoor show with the whole touring thing, like all the dates got canceled and everything. And um, it's pretty much just everything's online, which I mean, it was kind of going that way before, but right now it's like you got to be online. Yeah, like yeah. whatever it is. Like I started freaking metal detecting <laughs> just so I could like have <laughs> something to put out like, hey guys, I'm still here. <laughs> you know? I exist. But yeah. it's, it's so weird. I miss stand up and I want it to be back and like, I don't know, oh. hopefully something's figured out there. Well, they're talking about it. It's, I think everyone's going to come out of this like socially weird vampires. It's It's all we have left. But it's true. You have... You're, you're in a position where you're stand-up, you're, you're doing it on TikTok or you're doing it. I st- seriously recommend TikTok to everyone. Uh, I'm not paid by TikTok, spon- sponsored by TikTok or anything like that, but I'm always right on these apps. That's the one now that it's blown up. Um, that's the one. I that's that's, on that's that. the one. Yeah. You, need, you need to get on I TikTok. Did, it's great for comedians. I did, I did one TikTok and someone sent me a message like, hey, you're doing it wrong. And then it did, I got all self-conscious and haven't been back, but... I will go back. Uh, tell them to go suck a big lemon. See, I cleaned up my exactly. language. Um, <laughs> tell them to suck a lemon. The whole point of TikTok is is literally for people to put it out. TikTok is now what uh, YouTube was 10 years ago. So it's it's really, really different. Um, different environment. But check it out. That's a great place for comedians. Now, where can everyone listen to you? If they want to go looking for you, where can they find you now? Because I have people, uh, I'm currently on Twitter out. with people saying where. Yeah, Twitter is Dustin underscore Ibarra with a Y, a Y Barra. And um, yeah, my stand-up's out there. You know, you just go on to Google, just Google my name and stupid stuff will pop up with me on stage. So yeah, check that out. I like that. What was the hardest thing about getting into stand-up? Um, I started when I was like 17, so it wasn't like... I get getting into the bars was hard, you know, but it was Texas too, so they didn't trip <laughs> out too much. <laughs> so like, yeah, they let me in. So it wasn't as bad. But yes. I mean, I guess everyone says finding their voice, and it's different for everyone. I feel like just the comfort level, like, I'd get like super nervous, you know, and getting over that was like a big thing. But I would get oh crazy nervous in the beginning, like, and I would start sweating and just like. Once you see some comedian sweating on stage, it's like, uh oh, this guy sucks, you know. I'm getting nervous. So. Yeah, I try to yeah. wake myself in that space several times, just screaming. And I think I'll well, if if I would have beat myself, that might have actually gotten a laugh. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or some comic would have been like, "Hey, man, I was gonna do that. You stole my bit, bro." I remember one comedian had that. That was his entire act. Uh, <laughs> that off. I think it was like the late. Uh, early 90s. I remember seeing oh, the wow. same guy doing the same me- thing. Didn't that Mexican fella, uh, what's his face? Um, the one they were making fun of on South Park for it, for stealing the fish sticks joke. He stole his entire uh, act. Oh, yep. Carlos Mencia? Okay. Yep. I thought he was real funny, then I was just sad. He was like my favorite comic growing up. And I remember I saw, like, but so weird, yeah, he got taken out. I guess he was stealing. Everyone kind of knew, though, but that sucked. It really yeah, does. It really stole does. All that Bill Cosby bit. So, I mean, God, that's, that's like a classic bit. Yeah, if you're going to steal, steal from people less like less famous than you, because then you can get away with it. It sounds terrible, but I'm just <laughs> giving advice here. Um, mm. Now, for you, who are your biggest comedic influences? Um... Carlos Mencia. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Pablo Francisco. Um, I love, like, Bill Burr is really funny. He cracks me up. I, I, I love all comics, really. Like, I'll look at Netflix specials all day, and um, they're like, I mean, Chappelle, obviously, like, I really dig him. Chris Rock he's might awesome. be my favorite, I gotta say. Just because he's got the whole SNL thing, too, you know? He's got the character. He's fine. Like, I don't know. I really dig him, you know? Who's your least favorite comic? This one. Ah, it's this dude at the comedy store. (laughs) No. (laughs) That guy. I really don't. Yeah, I know the dude. Yeah. I don't have a... I don't really have a least favorite comic. I try to, like, be cool with everyone. Um, 
trying to think. There's probably been someone who's been like really annoying out there, but I don't know. I don't have anyone where I'm like, oh, I hate that guy, you know? I, Let's try. Uh, I know there's two comedians that I cannot stand their stand up, but other than that, because uh, it's Joe Rogan and Mark Marin, I cannot stand their comedy, but their podcasts are amazing. Yeah. Joe Rogan's podcast is incredible. Yeah, that's so crazy yeah. how like every everything's like podcast. Yeah, that seems that's like the comedy way now is like comedy to podcast, you know. Yeah, I think Rogan's just as surprised that he is how much uh, freaking Spotify is giving him. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm gonna God, ask, yeah. who do you think of like the the greatest comedy film? Like, what film touched you? What comedy film or what what film got you the most? Oh my! Well, I. <laughs> this is so funny, but like as a kid, I gotta say, have you seen Three Amigos? Uh, oh my god, I love that movie. <laughs> that movie got me really good. Uh, yeah, the whole Steve Martin, uh, Chevy Chase, Martin Short. <laughs> they just did a comedy, comedy stand-up that was brilliant. Comedy special. They did. I gotta see that. It's on Netflix, right? Yep, it was amazing. Now, what is your favorite scene? And then I'm going to have you ask people questions about Three Amigos, and we'll make those our giveaway questions. Okay, cool. Uh, my favorite scene was remember they were, like, dancing. They first got to the place, and, like, everyone was scared of them. And uh, they were doing that, uh, my little buttercup. buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As the sweetest, and he points to the dude, and he's like, eh, smile, smile. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, little Mexican dude, he's like, eh, smile. <laughs> That, like, made my day. <laughs> I like that. Guys, if you can tell me the name of the pub they went to, the bar they went to, for that scene, I'll give you a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California, a float at True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas, or one of the other giveaways that I didn't write down that I should have in front of me. But we have other stuff to give away. I just forgot. Paul, choose something from Three Amigos and ask your question on that. All right. Uh, what was... Chevy Chase's character supposed to do when they were trying to summon the invisible uh, swordsman? Oh, I like that. Very good question. Oh. Um, and if you what have not seen problem? the Three Amigos, yeah. you, if you have not seen the Three Amigos, you probably shouldn't be listening to this show because yeah. if you don't, cannot appreciate Three Amigos or Blazing Saddles, we are the wrong people for you. Watch what there's. If you guys can find it somewhere, it's on the internet someplace, but staged with David Tennant and Michael Sheen. They're really making fun of themselves. They're like playing themselves, trying to get a play together when all this pandemic thing going on. But that was, that's what I was talking about. Not on web, webcams. That is really awesome. Good. What is it called? Stage. Stage. I will have to check that out. Now I'm going to ask you, Dustin. What was the the scariest moment for you? Of three amigos. No. <laughs> The scariest of the pandemic? I'm assuming career. Yeah, and your career. I think the pandemic's scary for everyone. What was the scariest moment in your career? Like that, that point that you went, I don't know if I'm going to continue doing this. And you pushed through, because that's one of the questions I'm getting online, is what was the hardest part for you as a comedian? Um, where was um, that moment that you weren't sure if you were going to continue? Probably like, probably, like, going to New York. I had, like, no money, and there was, like... But I've had so many moments like that where it's just, like... I don't know. It's, like, you're right there, and... Because all these, these gigs are, like... You never know when the next one is, so it's, like... I would say probably New York was my scariest moment because I, I literally, I'd never been there and I only had like 50 bucks and it was scary. And I, it was like, I'd only seen it in movies and stuff. And uh, that was kind of terrifying. That was when I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of nuts. I might go back to Texas, you know? And then there That's was hard. after that, but that was the main one, I guess. What was the moment that you realized you were doing exactly what you should be doing? I guess when I started getting paid, that was that felt good. I was like, All right, cool. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, my aunt was like so mad at me because I was living with her, and she was like, "I got." She had so many cats, and she. I remember I hated living with her, and she wanted me to like. She was like, "You're gonna have to get a real job," and 
then I remember I got some stuff, so that was really cool. <laughs> I got like a bunch of road work. I was like, sweet. <laughs> Who has to get a real job now? I'm going to Odessa, whatever. <laughs> That's fantastic. What advice would you have to young up and coming comedians? I have a girl, she's 16 years old, wants to be a comedian. Um, she is, uh, her family's Muslim and don't believe in her doing it. I've got, this is an essay. I'm very, very sorry, Kate. I'm shortening this. Um, her family doesn't believe in her doing it and she really wants to, is it worth it? And what advice would you have for her? Her family doesn't want her to do it? Absolutely not. She said, um, with their faith and the way that people of the Muslim faith are perceived, her family's afraid of her doing it. Okay, I'll tell you something wacky that I haven't told a lot of people. I was raised Jehovah's Witness, like hardcore Jehovah's Witness. And uh, when I I started really early and I was still going to church and it was very (laughs) doing stand up, like my kind of stand up that probably it it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't perceived great, (laughs) I guess, by my family. But it's like it's you got to do what you got to do, you know, do your own thing. Your family let them do their thing, but I mean, if you want to do stand up, do stand up. Don't don't let a uh, any organization quit you or stop you from doing that. Like, just do it, <laughs> and it might suck, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, that was bad. I'll go back to this. But yeah, just do it. It'll be fine. Everything will work out. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. By the way, that had to have been really hard. Um, we yeah, have it was about four. Crazy. <laughs> That would be. We have about four minutes left in the show. Can you tell everyone where to find you on social media um, before we wrap up? Because I want to make sure they can find you because one of the questions I'm getting is where are they? Where are you and where can they watch you? Yeah, um, I'm, just find me on Instagram, social media, just my name, just Dustin underscore Ibarra or just Dustin Ibarra, uh, Y-B-A-R-R-A. If you want to get super Latino with it, it's Ibarra, Ibarra, but <laughs> La Raza, what's up, guys? <laughs> But that yeah, kind of sounds hot. Online. Go with that. Yeah, right? <laughs> and I got stand-up up there and stupid YouTube thing. So, yeah, keep in touch. And whenever stand-up goes back again live, I will be in a city near you. Well, we look forward to watching you. And thank you so, so much for being on the show. I actually have quite a few questions for you. We ran out of time. We were just chatting. I'd love to have you on again. Um, Kate said thank you. Oh, and she's going to try show. it. You guys, are, you guys are so awesome. I love being on the show. Thank so you. Great. Yeah, we're going to hold yeah. you to it. You just said it on air. That is a verbal contract. I'm just saying. That means you have to come Uh-oh. back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us, guys. I'm going to put up links to his social media. Um, I'm not going to put up to the guy that's asking. I'm not going to put up a link to the girl that wants to be the stand-up comedian. If she wants to put up her own stuff, I'll, I'll continue with her. Um, thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you, of course, to my co-host, Paul Michael Boland. He will have more Militant Moderate coming out. I'm Summer <laughs> Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.